It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. Here we are. Welcome back to the Working Week. It is Carcone Carne. I'm James Van Ossel. The show tonight sponsored by our friends at Siren Records in McHenry. Just a couple quick programming notes before we begin tonight's show. This is still Quarantine Con Carne back in March of 2020. Due to the pandemic, uh, I pulled back my usual method of doing this podcast, doing it in my car, visiting local restaurants, brew pubs, etc., doing interviews and video stuff uh, in my Mazda 3. The world is loosening up. Uh, we're getting vaccinated. People are returning to something that passes for normal. And I realized as I was trying to book guests for Quarantine Con Carne, doing this from home, uh, it was getting harder to do. And I had a couple of guests do last minute ca cancellations or reschedules because people are getting back to their lives and not everyone is home every night the way they were. So you'll notice over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to pull back on the Quarantine Con Carne probably doing two or three a week instead of five a week, which I had been doing for the past 14 months, which is fucking ridiculous, but that's what I've been doing. Uh, and then at the end of the month, I will officially finally at last return to the titular car of car con carne. My first guest in the car will be the band letdown who you'll be able to see opening up the picnic show for fantastic radio station. 101 WKQX. Uh, you may notice astute Carcon Carcon Carne viewers will notice that I'm wearing the ceremonial garb of Baseball Furies. Uh, back in episode 517, director of that documentary, Jason Doubledinger, joined us for the show, and I'm wearing a very comfortable Baseball Furies shirt. And I need to feel comfortable because tonight's show is everything. It, it is relaxing. It's going to be glorious. I'm talking with Stephanie Sack. Now, Stephanie, hello, Stephanie. Uh, Hi, James. She is a cinephile. She's an Italian murder enthusiast. Uh, she's also a self-described cosmic hostess, gothy AF, Chicago native, hot yoga junkie, UFO valet, total weirdo, writes about murder, space, and murder in space. The three best topics in the world, James. Uh, you know, if I were to com compose a new LinkedIn profile, I would dig into some of those because th those are those are skills I want to have. Those are things I want to have endorsed by by colleagues on LinkedIn. I'm endorsed about murder, space, and murder in space all the time. It's a good feeling. The, the thing about LinkedIn. I, I, you know how on LinkedIn you have skills and people endorse you. I've been endorsed for things I flat out can't do. Like it, it's such horseshit when you look at that because none of it is actually real world authentic. <laughs> I, I think someone endorsed me for computer science. I'm like, really? That was me. Like, I apologize. Thank I just, you. you know, I was just, just fooling around, James. My apologies if anything, you know, malfeasant happened as a result. Uh, Bob Charito, a recent guest. He was there for episode 600. She, or he <laughs> is ecstatic that I'm talking to a real live UFO valet tonight, Stephanie Sack. So, Stephanie, the reason you're here, besides the, your inherent delightfulness, uh, Sunday night at the Music Box Theater, the legendary, the iconic, fantastic Music Box Theater on the north side of the city of Chicago, uh, it is a double feature. Now, when I pitched, and when I pitched, when I posted about tonight's show, uh, the way I described it was. Um, there are movies so strange, so obscure that sometimes we need the right person to introduce us to them. Meet Stephanie Sack, cinephile and curator of a truly unique night of movies coming up in the music box showing on Sunday. It's centipede horror and a lizard or lizard in a woman's skin. These are movies that Stephanie, I truly, I'd never even heard of. And I, I'm I see happy, a lot of movies. I'm happy to be the conduit to introduce you, James. 
so these are two movies in your involvement. Are, are you, you're a co-promoter of this. I am indeed a co-promoter. Uh, I'm very lucky, obviously the music box being in our backyard, uh, especially during these times when um, people are going back to the movies. It has been open quite a bit during the quarantine. And um, in order to celebrate the opening up of Chicago and to get ready for a really fun summer, I am indeed co-hosting this double feature of Centipede Horror and A Lizard in a Woman's Skin. I love horror movies. I love obscure movies. I love B movies. I love trash movies. It was yes, 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 and yes. It was exciting to go down this rabbit hole, and it'll be more exciting to see these movies on Sunday night. Let's start with Centipede Horror, because really, this is everyone's horror. This is something that, <laughs> that will make everyone uncomfortable. This is a movie made in Hong Kong mm-hmm. in the early 1980s. Yep. Uh, the description, after his sister dies under mysterious circumstances while on vacation, Wai Lun decides to take matters into his own hands. Soon enough, he discovers a family curse battling wizards and centipedes. Lots and lots of centipedes. And that's the elevator pitch. Done. Sold. I'm there. I mean, a Wiz- preponderance of centipedes is just almost everyone's nightmare, really. And then when you throw in wizards and revenge and Hong Kong, it's, uh, it's you know, it's all things all the time. So this is what is known as a Category 3 movie in Hong Kong. Correct. Category 3 is pretty much akin to what we would call X. Uh, in uh, using our own ways to uh, look at movies. And it is rated X for a reason. It's extremely gory, extremely violent, extremely trashy, extremely disturbing. And um, if you like those things, it's like I said, it's all of those things all of the time. So the description of category three films in Hong Kong, no persons younger than 18 are permitted to rent, purchase, or watch this film in the cinema. So yeah, Which means every teenager is going to see this film. Right, it's like it's like the the warning sticker on an, on a CD back in the late 80s early 90s. That was Totally. The- totally. You uh you know, a, a nice a nice effort but ultimately useless. Now, for those who are unfamiliar with category 3 movies, I'm just going to read some titles cuz really you don't need to see half of these. Some of the titles are just fantastic. Horrible High Heels, that was from 1996. You may remember that one. Uh, lots of movies about rape. A, a, a surprising amount of rape movies which you definitely don't need to see, but there's rape in public. See, um, girls unbutton, as opposed to you know dudes buttoned. Apparently, <laughs> girls unbutton the, the the least sexy X-rated name you could think of. I mean, okay, that's kind of wholesome in in a way. Uh, <laughs> there's Robotrix. with an X. Yes, that's actually one of the more well-known ones, and it involves sort of a. Um, and animatrix and, you know, tight costumes and bosoms and all that good category three stuff. Uh, the one I want to track down uh, came out in 2001, Human Pork Chop. <laughs> well, I'm Jewish, so that's not <laughs> something I would do. Yeah, not kosher, not kosher. No, not kosher at all. <laughs> 1994, a Chinese torture chamber story. No, no, no I'm sorry. <laughs> that's... That's what you're getting. I, I, I mean, I could lose myself in these uh, sexy soccer. Soccer is such a dusty, tiring sport, isn't it? I, I was never good at soccer. It's a lot of running. If someone wants to try to convince me sex, uh, soccer is sexy, good luck. <sighs> Girls in button. Okay. So the centipede movie, <laughs> this is a cat three movie. Uh, you know, it's going to be bananas. You know, it's going to be disgusting. You know, it's going to be offensive. You know, it's going to get under your skin. Here's the beauty of it. This is not the sort of thing you can find on Netflix, Amazon, et cetera. 
being able to see something this bonkers at a place as awesome and as iconic as the music box that that's a great night out that's a great return to the new normal or return to normal <laughs> i will say uh category three in general uh is not my wheelhouse whatsoever but i think it's important to be able to screen uh content films cinema like this because if something is prohibited i think it's probably even more important for it to be seen <laughs> at some awesome. level so Milo's been commenting on the the live stream we're doing here. He said, "Centipede horror is no Ebola syndrome, but it's certainly a thing." Noted. I'm so glad it's, it's a thing, and I'm even more delighted it is not anything remotely like Ebola syndrome. He's a connoisseur. All right, so that that's part one of this evening. Again, we're talking Sunday night at the Music Box, that fantastic place on Southport, uh, at the Music Box Theater. The second movie. Now, this is this is all about you. This is this is what made you say, "I want to co-promote this. I want to be involved." This is one of your favorite movies, and I'll let you set it up. Uh, everything you said is true, James. So, this film is called "A Lizard in a Woman's Skin" from 1971. Came out of Italy by a fantastic director uh, named uh, Lucio Fulci. Uh, if you haven't heard of him, perhaps I can contextualize a little bit. He is um, a peer to Dario Argento, Mario Bava, uh, Sergio Martino, that whole group of guys. And um, this, this group of directors, specifically out of Italy, between the years of, let's say, 69 and 89, put out a ton of films that are called Giallo. And the reason they're called Giallo is because they were all based on pulp novels, and the covers of the novels were all yellow. And in Italian, the word giallo translates to yellow. So it came out, uh, these films came out looking, feeling, sort of acting in a similar way. And they're all, they all revolve around the glamour of murder, the beauty of pain. It's everything is very colorful and psychedelic and very strange. And a lot of it uh, is the result of sort of a post-war psychology. A lot of it is the result of film being very accessible at the time and the Italian um, film industry really coming into its own in a, in a way that was state supported basically. But this particular film within the dozens and dozens and dozens of Giallo really stands alone. Uh, it is an Olympian entry in a 20 year period where films were coming out left, right and center. But one of the main reasons why this film really stands alone is because it is astonishingly beautiful to look at. The psychedelia, the murders, the cast, all of it is really elegant and strange and inviting in a very weird way. And the only way to really immerse in this is to see it in a theater. So that is why I am beyond excited to see this screened in a proper format, which is big and loud. And uh, again, it's Jio. Jio. I'm not going to say what I was saying, but I promise you, I've been mispronouncing that my entire life. I'm very happy to correct you. G I A L L O. And if, if you're yes, watching sir. or listening, you've probably mispronounced it too. Jio. Uh So it, you, you talked about how gorgeous it looks, and in, in broad strokes, what what makes it so attractive? What's this about? Well, that's a really good question. And the brass tacks of the plot involve uh, a, a woman who is 
young and beautiful and she is the daughter of a very successful politician. She's married to a very attractive man. She has a beautiful home, beautiful stepdaughter. And she is a repressed lesbian who is obsessed with her neighbor who likes to take a bunch of drugs and have lesbian orgies. So there's some tension right there. <laughs> and then it results in um, a lot of dream sequences and there is a murder, but whether she did it or not is really part of the mystery and what's super interesting about this genre in general is that it's all based on the structure of Hitchcock in that mysteries are very personal. They're very um, ambiguous. They sort of unfold in ellipses and whether or not they, the plots actually make sense is secondary to the, um, the way that it looks. It's very stylish. Uh, the editing is, very in your face, lots of time jumps. And uh, what's really great about this film in particular, in terms of the plot, is that it doesn't really matter what happens. There's certainly a linear series of events and you can, you know, I've seen it a couple times and have a basic idea of what happens, but none of the movies in the Jio genre are obsessed with making a lot of sense. It's more of an experience. It's an unfolding of these characters' psychological situations. There's a lot of trauma processing and it's all done with the relentless camera of just, you know, a, a director who's really doing good work. The, the cast is very solid. Um, the set pieces are absolutely gorgeous. I mean, this is just a cinephile's dream in terms of where it falls in Italian cinema. The fact that it was directed by Fulci, who's a, a, an Italian master of modern cinema. There's just so many pistons firing for this film. Sold. And I, I like the fact that you pretty much managed expectations for someone who might, might be going into this, not knowing what it's all about. Okay. The, the plot is almost second, second to just the experience, that, that, that visual feast, that experience that that's that right. Sensory. And I will point out that as this was scored by Morricone, who was a, a just, you know, brilliant Italian, um, the maestro who did so many films in his career. And this, the music is even more unusual. It's very jazzy. It's very percussive. And there's a, there's an intensity to it that, really helps the film stay on pace. It's a long film. It's, it's uh, um, almost two hours, but the, the, between the music and the cinematography and the lighting and the gal who's the main uh, character, Carol, Florinda Balkin, I mean, she's an award-winning actress and a lot of the Giallo genre is cast for looks. I mean, it's a lot of, a lot of you know, flesh pots and wiggles and jiggles and that's sort of part of the pleasure. But uh, Florinda Balkan is a fantastic actress and really does a lot with a little. And she's just, what she does on screen, there's a lot of, again, Hitchcock references. There's a lot of um, her own uh, um, dealings with her marriage, with feminism, with sexuality. And um, it, it holds up because all of these things come together rather than it's just more than the sum of its parts. Ultimately. It's such a statement of where we're at as a movie going public. You said it's a long film. It's almost two hours. Like, <laughs> weren't all movies like two hours back in like the 1970s and even the eighties. That's such a great point. I, I would actually say that the seventies were a, uh, uh, an era where the an audience could pay attention 
And I mean, that's just where we're at right now. People can't. Yes. Yes. And and I'll tell you, like coming into these films, they're a bit of a marathon. They're 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 slow in the middle. Uh, the director asks a lot of the audience. And these films are all about the payoff when everything is explained and the, you know, that your your the psychological terror is revealed in a most depressing manner. It's just sublime, really. One of the topics I keep coming back to, Stephanie, on this show is that of curation. Mm. We live in a world where you can have access. We have access to everything, every piece of entertainment ever made. You can find it, uh, but we don't know who. We don't know where to go. We don't know where to find stuff. We'll like. I think curators are important. I think people who can raise their hand and say, "Let me guide you and direct you to what you'll be interested in." I think finding those people is important. I mean, clearly, you're one of those people when it comes to to film. You're you're excited about this. You you understand this. You you want to pass on this sickness, this this debilitating enthusiasm for film to others. Oh, it's it's totally carcinogenous. It's <laughs> it's uh, metastasized at this point. James, that is such a lovely compliment. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate being seen this way and, and you speaking to that. And I could not agree with you more, uh, especially I think as cinema changes and as the cinematic experience becomes something that you can have in your pocket or something that is mobile, for example. Uh, I was just at a, uh, a drive-in, so there's a lot of um, nostalgia around cinema these days. Mm-hmm. But I... I spend a lot of time watching film and thinking about film and the Italian genre of Giallo is very misunderstood, overlooked by many people and all of that is unfairly so. So not only am I delighted to show this film, which is a piece of art that's very important to me, it's just, it's so cool to be able to talk about the Italian cinema as a whole and where films like this fit in. And of course, that goes to the European cinema of the 60s and 70s. And I love thinking about how the American film industry was you know, doing very different things in this time period. And of course, all of these films are you know, a moment captured in time. And when a film can both speak to that moment captured in time and transcend it, it is very much worth watching. And this film absolutely conforms to that. So if people want to see this double feature, again, a lizard in a woman's skin and centipede horror, uh, what do they need to do? They can do a couple things. They can contact the music box. They can contact my uh, co-manager who is called Front Row Cinema. And uh, he is on uh, Facebook. They can absolutely get at me. I would love to uh, personally guide people to purchasing tickets and answering any questions. I'm all over Facebook. Inconspicuous is not how, I, you know, anonymity is a joke at this point. Um, but there's lots of ways to get tickets. And uh, if anyone wants to get at me, I'd be more than happy to help them. I There was a part of me that, I don't know, I don't know if hoped is the right word, expected that emerging from the pandemic, we'd see more independent cinemas pop up. Mm. I, I I just kind of figured, well, maybe if the big chains get taken out by the pandemic, this is an opportunity for independent places like music boxes start popping up everywhere. Do you think that's possible? Or has that ship long since sailed? And Oh, no. I think you really are tapping into uh, an interesting trend. As I said, I was just at a drive-in last weekend, and it was packed, and people were really having a great time, and it was uh, very family-friendly, and dogs were there. So... Um, I love that that the nostalgia of film going is not only accessible, but sort of necessary at this point. 
But the fact is, um, you know, running a cinema is a labor of love, especially in this particular day and age when, as you said, content is accessible at any time. But I absolutely agree that there's something very special about going to a place and watching a film in a group, in a beautiful venue, set up specifically for the visual and the audio and the physical relaxation into the whole immersion of film. And uh, I do keep an eye on quite a few things happening in the industry. I'm delighted to report that it seems like there's a single screen in Chicago that might be opened, uh, looking to the Pilsen area. So right. hopefully when I come back and talk about another film, we can discuss that, James. Um, but, you know, things like in Seattle with the Cinerama being uh, going up for sale. Um, of course, in L.A., there's the um, another Cinerama. Like, I, I think the time has come to really... For, the, for a film audience to step up and you know save or even open new venues. Film is important. And uh, the 70s in general, I feel, are an important decade to, to showcase appropriately. And the best way to see a film is in a cinema. Oh, hands down. We've all spent the past 14 months watching movies at home where, again, it's not this immersive experience you get at a theater. No. No, there are distractions. I mean, I like when I go to the theater, I like knowing for two hours I'm checked out. Phone is off. No one's talking to me. I am. I'm in that universe for two hours for good or for ill. That's uh, right. But it's that full experience. And we've all sat here watching Netflix, watching HBO Max, Hulu, whatever, as kids, dogs have been bouncing back and forth. Social yes. media has been pinging us being able to sit down in a place like Music Box to to thrill to something like a lizard in a woman's skin that that's that's the best that is, that's that's cinema that's cinema baby and there is nothing like it and I, I will travel for film i will get on planes to see movies i've gone to la to see a film i've been to london to see films i think you know um, I, that's right i forgot you, you used to do that because i would see you post pictures from like london or la i'm like surely she's not there just to see the movie i am just yeah. there to see a film i will i will organize work trips around seeing a film i will beg borrow and steal to get on planes to, to see films and that's because um there's nothing like being in a theater and seeing a wonderful film and i just think in a, in 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 a world where you know pleasure comes at us from all angles and, and ways and shapes. It's just like you said, the act of entering a venue, sitting down, relaxing into someone else's vision and someone else's story in a way that is immersive and, and um, inspiring and exciting is, is rare. And yes. it's important. And I encourage everyone to support their local cinema, certainly. And I really encourage, if you're interested in either of these films, please come out and support this event. I'd love to see more people getting into, uh, you know, the Italian genre, certainly. Um, anything regarding category three, I'm not super comfortable speaking to, but I'm very excited that we have the opportunity to screen a film That's like it. that as well. That's it. All right, Stephanie, thank you for uh, previewing this Sunday at the Music Box. The pleasure is mine, James. All right. Stay right there. I want to thank everyone who's been watching and or listening. Much appreciated. That's Stephanie. Go to the music box on Sunday. See some cool mu mu music. Sorry. Force of habit. Movies. Ciao, ciao.